This time on No Not The Mind Probe, it's a mad, 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 mad scientist. Welcome to No, Not the Mind Probe. Really like heroic, I yeah. guess. Uh, yeah, well, maybe the Mind Probe is like a superhero, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's a very stagey version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a podcast where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant, and I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 36 amazing, wonderful years. And my name is Porter Mason. <laughs> And John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 26 years, and I finally said yes. Uh, also, I yeah, liked he's how... been a real pill about it, as you can tell. <laughs> I, I liked how when you introduced the podcast, it's like you broke it. It's like, look, it's a podcast. I'm just going to break it. <laughs> it's like you're giving them bad news or something. You got to um, be up front. Like, what if they got to the end and they were like, so this is just a podcast? <laughs> is this an oral history of something? No, it's just not. All right. <laughs> you just got to um, each episode of this, yes, podcast, we'll look at two Doctor Who stories. We're going through the new series in order, and our Doctor Who curator slash sommelier, John, will find a pairing with a classic story. John, what do we have in store for this episode? Well, this episode, we meet for the first time on the screen, Mark Gatiss, who we might have a few things to say about, some characteristics about him that we may have mentioned in the <laughs> Um, joins us for the Lazarus experiment. Um, And then we go back to the fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith era uh, to meet another uh, morphing mad scientist uh, on the planet of evil. All right, we're going to recap those episodes. Uh, Look, first, we're going to start with the Lazarus experiment. This is uh, season three, episode six. Of the new Doctor Who, it was uh, just the one episode, and it aired on the fifth of May, uh, two thousand and seven. Eight years to the day before my daughter was born. Coincidence? Mm, yeah. I mean, think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Really, really think about it. Uh, and John, uh, I believe you have prepared a little clip here. The show. Let me pull that up. Let me go. To, well, hold on. I got to go down to the archives. <laughs> <laughs> you get the reel to reel tape. Get out. the reel to reel fired yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. what I do. Here we go. Now I got it. Using hypersonic sound waves to create a state of resonance. That, that's inspired. You understand the theory then? Enough to know that you couldn't possibly have allowed for all the variables. No experiment is entirely without risk. Nothing nearly exploded. You might as well have stepped into a blender. You're not qualified to comment. If I had stopped it, it would have exploded. Then I thank you, Doctor. But that's a simple engineering issue. What happened inside the capsule was exactly what was supposed to happen. No more, no less. You've no way of knowing that until you've run proper tests. <laughs> Look at me. You can see what happened. I'm all the proof you need. The device will be properly certified before we start to operate commercially. Commercially? You are joking. That cause chaos. Not chaos. Change. A chance for humanity to evolve, to improve. This isn't about improving. This is about you and your customers living a little longer. Not a little longer, Doctor. A lot longer. Perhaps indefinitely. Richard, we have things to discuss. Upstairs. Goodbye, Doctor. In a few years, you'll look back and laugh at how wrong you were. Now, what they had to go up and discuss was that he is giving her the slip. <laughs> so yeah. Get out of here. Get the bricks. Yeah. Um, once he's young, once you're young, you got to ditch your grandma. That's, that's grandma right. Girlfriend. Yep. Uh, by the way, I was just rewatching some episodes of The Office, and the, there's a hilarious episode later. It's a later season. It's like season seven. We're randomly in the background. They're watching Netflix movies during at work. And so they they filmed a parody movie in which Jack Black is dating his grandma, not his oh, grandma, yes, but, yes. but but dating Cloris Leachman, Cloris actually Leachman. the late yeah, Cloris Leachman. Yeah. And it's really funny. There's really no reason. You Clearly, the office writers just wrote it in there. We're like, yeah, that'd be kind of fun to like cast Jack Black and Cloris <laughs> Leachman and all, you know, do this silly parody movie. I think I but, remember, uh, um, they were trying to like, they were like, 
wasn't it the Super Bowl episode? Is it the one that opens with the fire? Uh, fire. Oh, thing? is that all the same episode? It might be. It was like a really yeah. long episode. Maybe yeah. it was. Yeah, because yeah. I think because oh, um, I think uh, folks, you you just if you're just tuning in, we're just talking about the in. office. <laughs> this is what we like to call the TV sidebar, where we yeah. talk about a different show. You know, and also I will say when we have these TV sidebars, it doesn't bode well for the episodes at hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a ton to go into in the episode. Yeah, there was some guy and he fell down a church. Um, <laughs> he, uh, finish your office thought, and then I'll recap. Well, I was gonna say I think they had um, they were under pressure to do something stunt casting for the Super Bowl, but they were like, how do we how do we possibly justify Jack Black showing up at a paper office in the middle of nowhere? So this was what they came up with. It's, it's true, right? It's That's the, great. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny because watching it in retrospect, you know those things that occur right after the Super Bowl it's like it was a big deal then or the context of that moment was there then but now it's just like another one in the many episodes yeah. that you're watching so it sticks out well anyway back to Doctor Who which ostensibly this podcast is there about. is no Super Bowl for them to follow Doctor no Who is, no yeah, I don't think Doctor Who will ever I guess yeah follow a major sporting event event um by the way I liked how David Tennant said Blenda in that, in that Blenda. Clip. yeah um okay so we're in London and there's a man named uh Richard Lazarus Dr. Richard Lazarus which by the way the name should tip you off right there <laughs> I mean, they never get into it's like so did you go like did you change your name because you wanted to beat the back from the dead guy or never really talk about that but he announces he's going to uh put on a device that will change what it means to be human and uh we find out that martha's sister was working for this guy i should say we came back to present day london and so um it's gonna be the end of her travels is kind of that's right you're done you're done it's it for her uh that's right i forgot about that um so so they they go in into this demonstration and he's sort of a you know yeah a crazy scientist crazy I, although now i think now the context of crazy scientists it i feel like we relate to it more as crazy like rich guy um yeah. which i mean happened in the past too howard hughes and stuff like that but um that's what it feels more like because he is i guess a scientist but i saw him as like oh yeah that's like elon musk doing this crazy stuff like something like that yeah it does seem like that so anyway, um, they're at the launch party. And what he does is he gets into this device and he seems to have de-aged himself by about uh, 60 years, 50 years, something like that. All, and of, all of his aging makeup had fallen off. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Right. And we should say this is here is this Gatus. I mean, this is him the in, in the flesh. Is and is this his first appearance? I guess we'll talk more about that. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. His first I mean, as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so yeah we can discuss him more but uh so very gay you could just, very, comes very right gay. Up, a he comes out of a closet right literally the episode, right there's a big glowing closet and he walks he out has an <laughs> he has like this old lady beard that yeah, he keeps exactly. with him you know yeah. it's all and then as soon as he gets hot he dumps the beard that's and, right you know, that's right the clubs so yeah i mean it's, it's, kind of, it's it all fits all yeah. yeah well anyway you, you sort of think like is this a not a trick but I don't know. Martha sort of said, like, is he kind of cheating something? And the doctor's like, no, he really did this. And he gets into there's some a little more than hand waving at like, here's why this, (laughs) you know, would happen. He mentioned anything. Oh, it's brilliant. He did X, Y, Z, whatever the the thing was. Some sonic. So pretty quickly, things don't go well. (laughs) Um, he, He goes in and drops his wife. Says, like, never mind, I don't need you here. I guess the arrangement had always been like, oh, and then, oh, I should say, we didn't mention when this, he does his experiment, it basically almost spirals out of control and kills him and perhaps everyone there, except the doctor kind of rushes in with a son and Martha uh, rush in with the sonic screwdriver and save things. No one really seems to thank them for that or care about it. The reaction um, of the crowd in this episode, I definitely want to talk about because they're pretty casual about a lot of stuff that happens yeah. in this episode. <laughs> so he, immediately kind of begins to seem to be almost like twitching back to his earlier state at first you're thinking maybe and then what we see is he more he turns into this huge bug creature mm-hmm. um and and basically the rest of the episode is running away from this big bug creature that he is and he, he goes back and forth between young mark gatus big bug creature uh, i will say mark gatus gay not a bug I don't no, think he's a bug. No, no, I don't I think don't, so. I don't think so. I mean, I don't, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't hey, think so. We don't want to out anybody like, hey, you be you, you do you, you come out in your own time. If Mark Gatiss is a giant bug, 
good on him. But he can tell <laughs> so, us in his own time. So let me just explain like the main thrust of the, like the fate of this bug, which, as you might imagine, they get the bug Doesn't in the end. Go well, um, yeah. But then, so that's fine. I mean, you know that that happens. But then, um, really, what's kind of going on is there's seeds of distrust sown with Martha's family, specifically her mother, about the doctor by a name I didn't know. I don't know if I was meant to. Um, and it was this person was calling Martha's mother and seems to have sort of like um, uh, employed her as a plant. Like she, she's she's being used almost like by the FBI or maybe Torchwood um, to entrap the doctor or like they were recording conversations with her and Martha. And so uh, her mom is worried about her and does very suspicious of the doctor. The sister initially kind of was too, but is sort of has a change of heart when she realizes that Martha is literally saving her from this huge bug creature and all these things. So she was trying to get off with, she was basically going to have sex with him before he became a huge bug creature. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Right. So, Hey, anybody who helps you, you're like, yeah. Hey, stopped you from having sex with that big bug. <laughs> you're like, Oh, it's like, you oh you're much. never going to let me live that down. Yes. I was going to have sex with a big bug. And you stopped uh, it's me. It's over Thank between you. me and the bug. Jeez. <laughs> But anyway, so there's there's something going on there that I imagine we're going to explore more in her personal life of her, maybe just her mom, um, but, you know, mom's important to her, um, is is aware of the doctor, not really sure who he is. And this is where it gets into, I think when they're flitting around, and I'll stop after this, but when they're flitting around time and space and they go to a new place and they say, hey, who are you? Oh, I'm Martha. This is the doctor. You can kind of, they're usually in a in a place of of, of hurry and that is never really questioned it's like uh, okay the doctor i guess so when it's this where they're she he's meeting her family for an extended period of time and it's like yes but you never give us his name this is so (laughs) suspicious and so i don't blame her mom for being like what is this like what is going on you know Um, that's not the only reason but i'm saying it really does stick out the lack of name when um when they have to meet people for extent like multiple times and not during like an apocalypse it's usually like during an apocalypse you're all running away from a big bug fine a doctor i'll get i'll get your name later <laughs> but um but when you know you're meeting someone just kind of in a moment of calm and you meet them several times it is very strange no you know i think no matter how dire the situation you stop you exchange business cards with two hands uh, you bow oh, and then yes. you give them the car i mean there's just there is a decorum to these things yeah. um no, I, I agree. The the mom the uh, so the the mom character I don't think is particularly popular. Um, it's uh, it's okay. I think the mom's reaction is I, I yeah. I see your point about the name, and, and it would be a little weird. And it is a little weird that uh, I mean we got to remember too. It's hard for us to remember that she saw Martha the night before. And now the next day, Martha's like, right, oh, yeah, I, this guy, I trust him and he's great. And I just won't tell his name. No, um, no. I That's what I'm saying. I agree with the sentiment of the mom. I, I yeah. like I, whether or not I really love her as a character. And it's sort of like holds up the story. That's sort of a separate point. But like in terms of it's like, yeah, I get it. I'd, <laughs> I would be pretty suspicious. <laughs> well, she's suspicious, but then know. she also then just trusts these randos who keep coming up to her and whispering in her ears. Right, right. No, that's fair. Yeah, the mom's a little like, yeah, or credulous. That's actually So, yes, you have. So, this is where the name Mr. Saxon comes to prominence. Although, yes, if you do go back and to as far back as the 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 runaway bride actually uh the you hear it when the military shoots the star down and they say oh mr saxon has authorized blah blah so you, you the, the name mr saxon has appeared uh and is mentioned in a couple other episodes too the present day earth ones related um, to, to torchwood or not or no we don't know yet. we'll say no more but oh, okay, uh, okay. mr saxon okay. is is, is going to be your your linking season that's arc. fine that's fine it's <laughs> you don't have to spoil things for me it's more did I miss something before? <laughs> that's all I ask for help on. Um, yeah, so that's a link theme. Um, yes, of course we do. We do see the first appearance of Mark Gatiss, um, gaying it up, just just yes. being gay everywhere. Um, for for new listeners, a why are you starting here? But B, <laughs> it's, a, it's a running bit. We're not homophobes who hate Mark Gatiss for being gay. We hate him because he has red hair. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Um, 
he would have been a fairly well-known figure. So he's part of the League of Gentlemen. League have of you Gentlemen, ever seen yeah. their stuff? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it, there. We've watched a couple of their shows. Um, uh, Mike and I watched a few of them. They're odd. They're very kids in the Holly vibe, right? They're dressed up as. Uh, you know, dress up as women a lot. They're doing sort of these really wild sketches. Although there kind of is a linking plot to their story. They live I in think. a small rural British yeah. town. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Gatiss would have been fairly well known um, uh, at the time of this. I could, I think, because that was still fairly recent, if not still going on. I like. Um, I wanted to mention about the League of Gentlemen. One thing I appreciate about it is that it's very British in the sense that they're okay with. Like, in fact, they they purposely make their characters. They look grotesque most yeah. of the time, like all their characters and costumes are like that. And I feel like in in an American, even like a comedy show, they'd have to get super attractive people and like always have them all kind of sexed up. And it's like this show is like, no, it is. It is. <laughs> it look, I mean, it's, it's part of the joke of it, all of it, like that. It's like this inbred town almost. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to watch because like uh, <laughs> the League of Gentlemen because over a period of time, it's like it's it's just visually sort of oppressive and they're just gross. They look gross. <laughs> it, but is it, is, very, it is very funny. It is very Monty Python. The women especially are very Python-esque. Uh, um, yeah, which is which I think is at this point time for me to mention to folks that I once met John Cleese on video for two minutes in a video chat. That was yeah, pretty much yeah. it. Uh, we'll, we'll throw that up on the website. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to. Did he turn into a giant bug? No. And did you want to have no, sex with him? He didn't. No, uh, no on both counts. Okay. Um, uh, Martha's great here, I think. Uh, she's uh, yeah. she's very resourceful. She's kind of, I mean, she's the one who gets them out of the building. She uses yeah. the sonic screwdriver a lot. She's, uh, uh, she's And kills really the bug. Injured. I didn't mention that, but she's yeah. really the one who... True, yeah. that's right. Yeah, she lures it to the bell tower and she ends up killing the bug. Um, <laughs> like I said, and then she ends up killing the bug. <laughs> Um, her family. I mean, we get it. We get her brother, who's barely gets a few, any lines. The sister gets a little bit more tish. Um, uh, but it is the mom and the focus. It is interesting. Russell T. Davies likes mothers, uh, mm, and right. we'll see this with Donna too. Uh, her mother will be a major a character. Um, so I don't know if if Russell has something going on with mothers. It's like Aaron Sorkin. No, none of Aaron Sorkin's characters have mothers. They all have, but they all have fathers who are real jerks to them. So there's something, oh, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, all of them have terrible fathers. Sports Night, West Wing, Josh, Toby. Uh, the president. Wow, I'm just realizing all, right, all I know is about their fathers. Toby's <laughs> father was like a hitman. Yeah. Uh, Josh's father isn't bad, but he dies, and that's a big part of the show. Uh, CJ's father has dementia. Yeah. Martin of course, Sheen's Bartlett's father. Jeez. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Sam's father has an affair. I know everything about their fathers, but yeah. I don't know and anything about their mothers. Uh, Sports Night, they all all had father problems too. Uh, uh, both the anchors had different father issues, and then were worried about them being bad fathers. Yeah, there's a there's a theme wow. going on there. If you want to, <laughs> if you're if you really study it as a psychologist, you can maybe maybe draw some conclusions. Um, uh, I do I do say so. Watching this episode. It's not one I come back to a lot. It's it's a solid episode, but it's just it's very much of a, just kind of a run around or whatever. But <laughs> I love the audience. So he's he's having a big thing. He's like, look, yeah. I, I want to unveil my. They are Everybody's, right next to it. Yeah, like they're, and they're right there, and they're drinking their champagne, and they're and they're, and then he gets in the thing, and then he comes out, and he's like, I've de-aged myself forty years, and everybody's like, oh, mm. and then they just. Keep having a party. And at one point, and... he's like eaten by himself by the buffet. It's like, okay, you've <laughs> just... The, the world has changed. You just saw someone uh, de-aged. And everybody's just like, oh, well, that's neat. Oh, well, my God, are those crab puffs? Like, it's just, it's very laid back. It's funny. That part of it, I wonder if budget comes into play here, too, again, because... Um, I think back to like the Shakespeare code where everything just looked really good. The crowd scenes are, were, you know, were when they were needed, obviously in the theater it looked good. And here I think it is hurt by the fact that they're in this sparse warehouse with apparently it's the biggest thing that's ever happened. And there's <laughs> yeah. like 20 people spread out over, you know, a yeah. 200 foot area. I mean, you may, maybe this is subtle commentary because it is Martha's sister who's supposed to be the publicist. And if that's all you can do. If it's like, <laughs> So we have we've learned how to de-age people so they can live forever. So see what you can do. And she's like, I can get like twenty five people like, in a small. 
Did you put out a press release? <laughs> I posted it on my personal site. Yeah. No, Tish, you got it. I tweeted. Like, <laughs> I tweeted some stuff. No one follows you. They follow the they follow the company. Remember, we talked about switching accounts before you post. Well, I just I didn't I thought but a lot of people do know that I work there. Yeah, well, yeah I have, have twenty seven followers and, and, and one of them she posts a lot of cat pictures, but she retweeted it. Yeah. yeah. No, so it's a it's a bit of a letdown for the the greatest the 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 achievement of 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 eter- like it's generations right. History. I mean, we've been teaching seeking the fountain of youth forever, and and yeah, she got twenty people there, and then and then everybody ignored him afterwards. Amazing. Um, yeah, they just go on like, oh, all right, well, yes, that's what's that. We uh, the, the bar will be open for the hour, everybody. Well, unless um, you have any, uh, we're going to move on to the the classic episode. Yes, I was just going to say, what did you think oh, of the more. effect, the bug effect? Uh, I think it was, it was kind of mid-range for me because the attempt to put the... It didn't look like... They put the human face on the, the bug. The face, yeah. did not look like... I'm sure it was his face or I'm sure whatever they did to yeah. put Mark but It didn't look like him, so it just looked odd. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so now kind of like kind of in the middle. Not like bad and distracting, but... Yeah, not great. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I agree. It's the face, like the rest of it was actually pretty good. And there's actually one very cool moment where they're in the hallway and the camera does kind of a, a 360 or as, as the bug goes around. Uh, it's like the, the fight and inception where they're in the room that's going around or whatever. Like the, it's a very cool effect, uh, with the camera. Um, yeah, so uh, the, yeah, the, the, and it as a, as a baddie, I think they, there's, the, that is the area that they didn't do enough science explanation i'm just saying like okay this is some sort of genetic dead end that came up and activate some of our genes that happens to all of us so we're all like right if that and folks folks that's what the covid vaccine will do to you right there porter porter's turned into a bug three times during this podcast got it under control tonight and i don't think i'm gonna relapse but no like to me it's a strange like the science doesn't check out it's like okay so it affected his dna and then what his dna again like 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 you were joking about saying like oh was his so this change in dna spread like a virus throughout his cells to periodically change it but then also change back like yeah, that's not how dna works that's not how any of this works <laughs> and then and then you just put the bells in the church tower high enough boom <laughs> right back to it that's it. a lot I mean, of people's dna are alters during church services i mean granted <laughs> the reality of the situation would be like yes his dna is infected and so slowly over generations and time he may turn into a bug <laughs> um <laughs> but i guess that's not as exciting well let's move on to let's. uh a nominally more exciting episode i don't know about that actually um <laughs> this is the planet of evil uh this is season 13 uh story two of um of doctor who <laughs> 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 um, oh, oh no okay a lot falling into place now okay yeah. <laughs> we have the fourth doctor and as you mentioned sarah jane yeah mm-hmm. uh the 20 aired the 27th of september through the 18th of october 1975 and here is a little clip i i require an explanation professor Sorensen, you're ill what do you mean ill you think you've discovered an oral vaccine to protect you against antiquark penetration, but you're wrong. It worked? For a time. But it set up a cycle of chemical change. There's no way back, Solomon. You've reached the point where your tissues are so monstrously hybridized that the next metabolic change could be the final one. Oh. There isn't much time. No. You and I are scientists, Professor. We buy our privilege to experiment at the cost of total responsibility. Yeah. Serious. That's a uh, pretty rough for scientists there. Yeah, he's basically telling him to go. It's a scene where he's basically telling him to go kill himself, which is, <laughs> you know, that's rough for the doctor. It's, you know, you wouldn't get that in modern. <laughs> well, look, this plot hinges around what do we know that all things hinge around? Rerouting power, yeah, a lot of rerouting and power. mining. You got to mine stuff. If if it's not a good Doctor Who episode, unless someone is mining something, and then someone is fighting over who should get to keep what they mined. <laughs> exactly. 
And that's that's most of human history or rerouting power. Again, that's the other <laughs> kind of wild card. <laughs> right. A significant chunk of this episode is about throwing away some stuff. It's like you need to throw that stuff away. Like I'm not going to throw that stuff away. But if you, we need to throw it away, like that's it's. I like that guy, by the way. Um, again, uh, a minor like worker character. He reminded me of the the workers of oh, Vengeance yeah. of Varos, actually. That's um, right. Okay. So TARDIS picks up a distress call. Uh, we mentioned it's the fourth doctor and lovely Sarah Jane, who, again, I spoiler alert, I don't really like this episode, but um, Tom Baker, of course, is always pretty good. And Sarah Jane really is just such a great companion. Like she's just I just always like her. You're always, you know, it's she's believable without being sort of overwrought. It's yeah, yeah she's just really good. And can we also just pause for a second to comment? Mm. This is how you do, I noted in this in my notes, this is how you do a TARDIS scene right, right? Perry and the Sixth Doctor yeah. would have been in there for 25 minutes. Like, oh. they, they, this one, it's like two minutes. We got, oh, we got a distress call. We got to a planet. Boom, they're there. There's not well, a lot of facts. You know around. how else you do it? If you're the Doctor and the Companion, you appear to have known each other at all and yeah. have <laughs> share normal conversation with one another. Yeah, no, I mean, they they have good chemistry together. Well, again, they're going down. There's a mining expedition and something seems to have gone wrong and everyone's dead except uh, this this one guy. <laughs> Another professor. This is Professor Sorensen. So his name is not quite as indicative of what's going to happen. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some guy named Sorensen who's crazy. Yeah, so My Hyde. sister dated a guy named John Sorensen, but he was fine. I don't think he was a mad scientist. Well, as far as we know. Yeah, so I, I didn't keep up with him. Did your sister kill him at the end and, you know, or so. abandon him on another planet? I don't okay. think so. All right. Uh, um probers check into this for us yeah, john we'll sorensen <laughs> <laughs> so uh they're they're trying to look into what went wrong with this expedition uh a ship arrives to investigate it what we find is um and this they do get into science a lot on this in the sense that they're fi- they're mining antimatter and the idea is if here's a little like science here's porter's science sidebar on antimatter Antimatter is not theoretical; it's it's real. But the the idea is that uh, matter and antimatter, when combined, immediately uh, explode into energy. There's a for every uh, fundamental particle that is that we are made up of, there is an anti version that again, when in combination, uh, they explode. So uh, because we are all the quote regular matter, we don't see much antimatter around because if we did, we'd explode. And the idea is that um, this universe seems to be largely made up of matter, or perhaps there's other universes that are made up of antimatter. That part I might have just screwed up. Anyway, in this plot, they're mining that he's found or that like contains antimatter in it. And the idea with antimatter is that in this case, and like what I'm saying is that it can essentially create unlimited power because it, it when in combination with antimatter, uh, with, with regular matter, it, it creates energy where energy is formed in great, great quantities. Is this, by the way, True. I don't know this side of things. Ken, is this is the theory that we could actually use antimatter to generate energy, or is that just Star Trek? Well, it's true. The matter. The, the problem is this. Well, so they're presenting the solution of saying, like, what if you found this rock that like had antimatter in it? Right. Now, how would that possibly work? Because you know what the rock is made of? Matter. So how did like yeah. the problem with antimatter is like you don't find it lying around because right. it would explode. It. it it doesn't exist for long. So, but yes, theoretically, if you could like isolate antimatter, you know, in some way as a, almost like a fuel. Yeah. It would, it would have an incredible amount of energy. Sort we of should that. do that. <laughs> okay. Why, why aren't more people right. doing that? All right. You know yeah. what? I'm, I'm going to write a letter. I'm gonna write well, a letter. what's Joe Biden doing? Sitting around in the Oval Office. Around, doing nothing. Sending yeah. out yeah. vaccines <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> Woohoo! Meanwhile, well, antimatter is just going on mind. Well, look, I'm doing my part. I'm podcasting about it. So I think we're yeah. we're covered. We're really yeah. making taking our steps. Probers, Probers, use, unite, and use the megaphone that is the yeah. Probiverse. <laughs> the Probiverse. <laughs> oh, that, so the Probiverse ex- implies like an expanded Probiverse. Like there's, now also there is the No Not The Mind Probe cinematic universe. It's a little different. Like <laughs> yeah, it doesn't right, totally, right, right, totally right, match yeah. up. Yeah, the Probiverse includes our fan fiction. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Although the slash stuff is terrible. <laughs> Probers have big news. And my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm happy to break it uh, here. Uh, when she was younger, she wrote, uh, she uh, frequented the Dawson's Creek message boards and wrote Dawson's Creek fan fiction. Ooh. So we'd love to dig that up. Um, I don't know if we can. Yeah. yeah but, uh, more to come. Set out. 
Look, More search come. for Mrs. Probe <laughs> <laughs> and Dawson's Creek. <laughs> well, look, uh, so basically similar to the, the bug, basically the rest of the show is just fiddling around saying like, we should get this animator out of here. Well, I'm going to keep it. And then uh, ultimately so, similar to the bug, actually this one you did pick in a way that they're very reminiscent of one another. They say like, oh, this creature is just kind of here because of antimatter don't worry about it but it's scary and he's here and it's uh this sort of video effect they do the, the monster is a video effect of it kind of almost looks like uh electric electrical lines but colored red like lava and um you know it just kind of goes around and kills people that, and and all they need to do is just get the antimatter off the ship and they can't seem to do it like you said there's a long long scene of uh one of the like uh worker guys saying like oh, they woman to load it in here now i gotta load it off these guys <laughs> you know, and then just, they kill him yep yeah and then he well then, i mean i love that you know then they're like well i thought we threw it all off and the doctor who has been like we've got to get it off the ship is like oh wait i have some like, I mean, <laughs> I like, oh yeah right <laughs> I know. um so anyway they do uh and and the the mad scientist the, the who the scientist who was previously not mad is now mad. Totally mad. And and he kind of looks like um I'm seeing here there this was inspired some by Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And he does start to look kind of hairy and, and, and like this. Yeah. Well, anyway, they get rid of the antimatter and everything kind of wraps up. I mean, that's my memory of this. <laughs> I don't really like what happens at the end. I don't know. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a lot fine. of back and forth. Um, There's uh, a bottomless pit here too. The fourth doctor loves bottomless pits. Yeah, falls um, in the pit. yeah, that's right. We have watched other we've we have watched other pit episodes. Maybe I should have lined <laughs> these up. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna make so over time what I'm gonna do is I need to start collecting like the perfect Doctor Who episode was like someone's rerouting power, there's mining, there's a pit, <laughs> like it all come together. Yeah. Well, so far it's the Satan pit, uh the impossible planet Satan pit that does have all of them. Um, that's true. Uh, yeah, this is um, uh, so this is uh, in the Philip Hinchcliffe era. So this is around Hand of Fear, Ark in Space. This is in that era uh, where they did um, after Philip Hinchcliffe and Robert Holmes. They eventually just started making uh, remaking uh, Robots of Death too. Uh, they just or yeah, Robots of Death. Uh, they just started remaking stuff. They were like, all right, we haven't done we haven't done a mummy movie yet. We'll do something when they do Pyramids of Mars, which we'll see later. Um this one is Jekyll and Hyde. It's also Little Forbidden Planet. The effect of the um uh the creature looks a little like the the id is id creature, right? In uh, in right. Forbidden Planet. Um and of course you have the spaceship uh, landing. This is by author called uh, Louis Marx who uh did do a bunch of sort of harder quote unquote harder sci-fi um stories uh and uh and and this is a little bit like that um although it's a very simple story as you point out there's i mean it's a, it's pretty straightforward there's there's a little sort of techno babble and like oh the antimatter and blah 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 but it's not it's not a complex story it's 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 you, you can follow it pretty easily um but i think it's really well done on atmosphere i remember this story uh watching the story as a kid and i remember it being scary i i think for me it was a scary story um not now i mean now i was terrified uh <laughs> and could barely get through it um but no I, I remember it had a good atmosphere i remember being scared the scenes on the planet are very creepy um uh the monster is kind of creepy um this is uh it's a really well designed story the designer is uh roger murray leach uh who designed the ark in space um but also i think he's won an oscar and done some other um uh design work outside of this um but um the uh the jungle planet is in a studio i mean it's or, or it's in a film studio it's in ealing studios and i mean it's impressive because you've got you've got them walking through you know water and and uh all of the plants and stuff like that it's a pretty impressive set um and the creature effect is simple but pretty straight simple but effective um so i do like that um yeah, Freddie Yeager uh, as the um, uh, as Professor Sorensen uh, is a, a German actor. Um, he he will come back. I know you're going to be excited about this. He will return in an episode, not as that character, as another character, as the man who invented canine. So Ooh. yeah, so he will be back in just a, just a couple seasons. Um, we also have, uh, uh, the the. I'm surprised you didn't mention the commander of the spaceship. This is quite a acting tour de force. The young guy uh, um, Salamar uh, is a bit um, uh, oh, broad in terms of his acting. <laughs> it's uh, Prentice Hancock, who is sort of a staple of '70s TV. He's been a bunch of Doctor Who's as well. He's uh, also but- great because uh, he um, 
he shows himself to be a, not a very good captain. Yeah. <laughs> and and then, like he breaks down and like, okay, yes, they are under some pressure here, but he just breaks down so fully and immediately yeah. that he's like, oh, you get out. like and someone else has to come in and just like calmly take charge. It's like, wow, you're supposed to be the captain. Aren't you kind of trained to kind of take control here? <laughs> yeah and then basically almost kills them all because he's mad about yeah uh, and then i mean i do i love i do love the second in command who's just this sort of vishinsky which is a great name it's a great name and uh, all the characters were kind of well named in here um but who's yeah just sort of this salt of the earth old guy um uh i mean there you know again it, it is you could go either way. So either either the planet, uh, the jungle set of the planet was so impressively well designed, and then the ship and the—I mean, basically, it's just a bunch of uh, skinny old men in, in pajamas wandering around a very basic set. Um, actually, just a redressed set, uh, which or would have been, they would reuse the set basically as the sand miner set in Robots of Death later. Um, so it's a very basic uh, uh, set. Um, and, um, and the spaceship is very plain. It's sort of like either it's a commentary on, oh, this is just, you know, the sort of, uh, day-to-day drudgery of the space mining slash military service, or they just ran out of money after they did the jungle. (laughs) That's what we got everybody. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, I will, I will say this is why folks, Proberts, if you, if you're only watching these episodes five six times um you gotta watch them 20 25 times because this Why? time i noticed a new thing oh uh, the doctor uh you know so he, he's got the, the the crystal ore uh which changes colors this guy they put a little yeah. new gel on the light and it changes colors every once in a while. um and uh he's uh he's holding it in a in a toffee tin that i use at home i have that toffee tin and i use it <laughs> To store my runs. Uh, this isn't, so you, this you isn't a, like this isn't some <laughs> fact that MGP. It's like he's using something that you have. It's not I like a have famous... a toffee tin. It's, and it's okay. Probert, what kind of what, what brand? I forget now. It's blue. Oh, okay. uh, Her- Hereford, 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 um, uh, Harrogate, Harrogate toffees. That's it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, sponsorship I mean, I forthcoming. Toffees. I imagine. <laughs> I hope uh, so. Please reach uh, out to. Uh, it's billing my at mind pro about show <laughs> i was very excited about this um but yeah i just just i just again i just do remember this being a scary one it, it has it has some atmosphere but it isn't it is not complex um and then as you say uh, so sarah's great in this uh elizabeth slade is excellent uh and you know she's has towards the end it's kind of her with vashinsky holding the bridge uh against the monsters and then um uh, Tom Baker, and you, you even see it in that scene uh, that we just listened to um, about twenty minutes ago. Uh, Tom Baker <laughs> is very alien, right? I mean, he's he's very aloof. Uh, he, he plays it in a very alien way, um, uh, and you know, again, he is basically telling him in that scene, you know, the the, the we we buy our, our our right to experiment with the price of total responsibility or whatever it is. He's basically telling him like, you got to kill yourself, right? You're you're antimatter now. You gotta go, and then they've got the um, and they did this. I think actually this was before Alien or Aliens, which I believe has a famous um, space funeral scene. Oh, and you know, like Star Trek Two, apparently when you die in space, they just shove you in a tube and blast you on into space. Um, uh, and they, you know, they they actually run this a couple times. Uh, but yeah, this was this was actually before Aliens or Star Trek Two, so I, I assume it was Doctor Who that created it. Because no one had ever thought of people at sea being shoved into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> theming, theming down the river with a big old boat. <laughs> hey, you're in I don't a know. boat. I don't know why the boat yeah. is so big. It's, and you're theming. Uh, you're well, theming in that boat. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. When we when we talk about themes, I I verb it. I'm like, hey, we're theming. You know, we're really, or like, if you're having and if you're having a really good conversation about themes, you're like, wow, we really themed last night. We were we were theming. Anyway, that's what we do. we're about to theme big time right now. <laughs> yeah. We're um, we got our boat. We got the sail. We got our theme sails unfurled, and we're that's ready. right. Ready. We are adherents of the repeating themes, and we we go through. Check by the way, check out some old episodes. I think to come in a little bit when I actually set up 
our new we gotta we gotta change servers john because that thing um, you mentioned a lot of times we'll have a new episode launch but the homepage doesn't update and i don't know why that's really annoying so anyway um but related to that what i'm saying is i think i'd like to add on a little place on the website so people could look up themes too and they could they could go to the you know the episode that discusses that theme because we've you know we've had we've had some least, themes probably 30 of them by now we talked about mm-hmm. 25 episodes so um or 26 so and also lots of themes. I, people soon are gonna want again a time life album of the themes yeah gonna- <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes it's porter with 50 themes about <laughs> themes the end of course <laughs> yeah I think I think theming down the river on a big old boat's gonna that'll yeah. probably be on the album. It's up there. People like I think people like big old boats. Yeah. All right. Well, the theme this time pretty pretty obvious here. Really upset scientists, just angry, mad with power scientists. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so I I I think this is an interesting one. Um, be terrible if I was like I don't think this is an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we got we got to kill twenty minutes. No, I mean um, I think it's always interesting that science uh, sci-fi, which glorifies science, right? The doctor is a scientist and an engineer, and he's supposed to be wonderful and all that. But the mad scientist theme keeps recurring, and I just always think it's very interesting uh, as to why. Um, uh, you know, I, I actually did a little research before this episode. Uh, and I found out that you can see pictures of naked people on the internet. That's, yeah, um, that checks out. Yeah. Um, but also, I, you know, so I was sort of looking back, it's like, well, where the first mad scientist really was Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, hmm. okay. uh, sort of the beginning of the genre. Um, uh, but then it, you know, now it's, it's a fairly common sci-fi trope. And I just always am interested, like, what, it, what are they trying to say? Right. I mean, like, obviously, I mean, what was Mary Shelley trying to say? It is that sort of, you know, they're playing God. And I mean, I have to imagine that for them, it was Darwin, right? It's like, you've, you've killed God. Like Darwin has killed God, uh, you know, with the theories of evolution and stuff. And, you know, so science is, is destroying religion, uh, which must have that. I think that's partly what, what Shelley was playing with. Um, but the fact that they should have still run with it and that any, we think about any brilliant scientist in sci-fi it's usually dangerous and has to, and whatever they're doing has to be stopped so i don't know where that comes well, from yeah i mean i think there is certainly an anti-science theme from the beginning right it's like right it's anti-religious it's also usually on the boundaries of stuff we don't understand and usually there's a thought of uh, you know let's let's stop let's not rush into this which is sort of the opposite of what you know, the scientific drive would be, which is like, no, let's get in there. Let's figure it out. Let's, let's try stuff. Um, you know, not mad, but the, it makes me think of, uh, and he's not actually even a scientist. He's again, a rich guy, but I think of John Hammond from Jurassic park of the, the whole quote from Jurassic park of, Oh, we, we were so concerned with whether we could do it. We didn't stop to think of whether we should. I feel like it's a lot of it, at least in modern day, it's like, Okay, it's great that we figured out DNA. Why are we why are we doing it? Like, why did we split the atom? Why did you know like all these things? And the answer to all of them is like, I don't know, because it's cool and maybe like <laughs> yeah, it's a cool story to tell at a party. Like that's all. We just want something to say at a party. Like you, you know, when when <laughs> when you yeah. when you go to a party and then someone said, Oh, this is Porter, and then they go, Oh, and what do you do? It's like you want to be able to fill that moment with something really good, like I just I'm a mad scientist. I'm I just mined antimatter <laughs> and turned into world power. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, I, so I think it's always there. I think people don't understand a lot of what scientists are doing usually. So it like it's you know what's unknown is scary too. So um, well, does it, but does does it undermine? I mean, you know, again, I think sci-fi people trust science and right right you know right. sci-fi isn't it's interesting right sci-fi is inherently optimistic because it, it 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 you know oh humans will figure it out the smart people you know will survive millions of years and you know for the most part you know occasionally we'll end up eating each other or something like that but <laughs> most of the time it's you know a lot of it is inherently or again optimistic. one wrong turn and we're a giant bug we are so <laughs> close every bug. moment from being <laughs> giant bugs you walk into a machine you think it's a phone booth you come out a bug <laughs> uh yeah no i mean um uh but i you know it interests me that sci-fi would or i don't know do you think i mean does it 
is it making people afraid? Maybe its audience will never be afraid. I mean, is it right? Should we be more hawking like? Should we be like, hey, AI is going to kill us all, and we need to get off this planet soon, or we're going to die? Um, or, or should we be more like, oh, don't worry, everybody, the geeks will work it out. I, I'm not sure what sci-fi is trying to tell us. <clears throat> And I need to know what to think. <laughs> well, the, the 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 one you're describing of like oh the the ge- the one side of it where it's like oh the geeks will work it out and let's all trust in them. Uh, that's not as compelling of a narrative. Um, and there are a few right where the scientist emerges as the hero and saves the day. But um, you know, again, the. <laughs> The scientific method involves several steps in peer reviewing, so it's not as it's not as helpful for a fast moving movie plot. To like, and then, and then the breakthrough went through peer review, and uh, and a clinical trial. It's not as exciting as like, hey, this guy's gonna blow up the world. So the the positive version of it is usually done more of like it's just in the background of a movie. Like you can just look around at a lot of Star Trek and clearly indicate like, oh, so science really helped. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you can just sort of see the results. Yeah. Um, whereas science going wrong, you can focus in on one person and really tell a story. Science going right takes a lot of people all working together. I don't know. You, If you want a really good science going right movie, uh, it's very hard to find, but I watched it in high school and I, I weirdly had a like an inkling to, to watch again the other day. Uh, the BBC, I believe it was the BBC, it's, it's definitely British, uh, did a documentary uh, on Watson and Crick's development of DNA. They did like a docudrama of it. And um, starring, uh, actually, Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park, Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. and um, someone else pretty well-known, too, a British actor uh, who I'm, whose name escapes me, um, to play uh, Crick. Anyway, um, it's a great movie. And and what was annoying to me is, like, everything in the world is available and streaming all the time, and I could not find this movie. It was so difficult. I had to get it on some weird site i probably had to watch porn to 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 get it i'll just be honest and download some an hour of porn before you could get hanging on yeah life story the film is called life story well it has several names but yes that is one of them they kept in a savvy move they kept renaming it yeah that's how people oh and tim piggott smith why sir sir tim piggott smith shows up in a doctor who thank you very much what a su- what a surprise that a British actor is yeah. also oh, a yeah. That's true. That's right. Um, it's very good. I, I would re- definitely recommend checking out uh, the woman who plays um, Rosalind, Fra- Rosalind Franklin is really good. Um, but it, and it is actually a compelling story. And because they are quite literally racing to the other name of it is the race for the double helix. Mm. Um, but uh, they are quite literally trying to outpublish, you know, someone else, which, again, it doesn't sound that exciting, but it's like in the story, it's told very interestingly. And you can see how their push to get something out kind of first really matters in that context. So, no, that's a that's a that's a good science you hero see, movie. You can, you can you can make a good movie on. Uh, so um, uh, the movie Spotlight uh is a very mm, yes. uh they apparently this is the movie about uh the catholic church or the boston globe investigation into the catholic church uh and apparently to make it they basically just re-ran the investigation they're like well let's see how this would actually work and so they went step by step through how the reporters did it um and the movie is basically uh, but it's very good it's very compelling this was this is the movie that was one of my first moments of realizing how old I was because I was flying to Australia for a work trip uh, on a plane and I saw this movie and I, it was great. I was like, Oh my God, this movie's amazing. And I got off the plane and I texted somebody. He's like, have you seen this movie spotlight? It's so good. And then they just texted back and go, it won the Academy award for best picture. Okay. So so I'm an old person. Now you seen that star Wars, the kids are watching. All right. Here we are. How you doing? Well, you know, Probers, you may have been noticing a different vibe tonight, uh, yeah. and that's because I've moved. Um, I am right. not in the same place I normally am. Great, I got a, I got a funny moving story for you, actually. Oh, ooh, uh, I love it. So uh, we had we um, uh, we're we're rich and white, so we hired other people to pack for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what you do. And um, uh, so they pack up all our stuff, right? Uh, I don't know, unpacking. And now, of course, I own every single episode of Doctor Who anyone's ever you know, seen. Uh, and I have all my DVDs. Well, I start unpacking the box, and there's a Troughton 
next to a McCoy. What? <laughs> right? But who? I, I said to Mike, I'm like, do these guys not know the order of the Doctor Who? <laughs> it's just, oh no, my we God. John, I'm so lot. sorry. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it took a while. You have to I, laugh. I it out, but you're treating it very well I mean, just to deal with cool, it. But it's, I, I left a note. I was like, hey, if you're going to have people, you know, pack other people's stuff, they should at least know the order of the doctors. Like, yeah. story order would be good. But right, right, if right. you at least group the doctors together in the right order. <laughs> but Well, that's why next time you move and, you know, probably what you're going to move again another week or so. No, we're going to gonna die here. I told Mike, we're oh. dying here. Like, oh, the only way right. out of here is in a body bag. So, oh, oh, great. Or one or the other. That's sort of exciting. It or could both. be really boring or exciting. It could mean you live there a long time together and grow old together or murder is afoot. <laughs> um, you know, next time you move, though, um, that's why you get a prober to help you move. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. a prober would never make that mistake. A probe moving service would and, be like, yeah, we you know, probe your things. Members of the probeverse are nothing if not friends and friends help you move i mean we've all you yeah. know we've helped each other move before we well we lived together so we certainly helped each other actually we, we did, gladly actually. helped each other move away from one another yeah like yes i will help you move out of here yeah we're out well we lived uh probers porter i've known each other forever as it's been as it's been established in this podcast um we lived in a railroad uh, that's right apartment i should say we didn't live on a railroad that way we lived <laughs> on cool. train tracks but yeah we had all three. I was in the middle room. You were in the you were in the large, uh, exciting corner room, and then yes, Harris that I was in the sort of scammed my way, way into. But I have a different story, which is um, to I, I like we like to tell stories occasionally on here. John constantly tells stories, uh, sort of describing what a saint his spouse is for putting up with all his Doctor Who watching. Let me tell you my story of somewhere around. We, we sat down in bed together, we're kind of like calming down. Girls finally got to bed. We're going to come down and watch something. And and I I pick up the controller, put something on. I'm like, hey, can I watch this? And it's uh, Ken Burns' documentary about hobos from the 1920s. <laughs> Kim's like, just starts laughing. It's like, sure, whatever you want. I, I'm just going to look at my phone. <laughs> it's like, these are the things that interest me. I want to watch documentaries about weird Americana things. Yeah. I like, I could just watch Ken Burns. And I enjoyed the hobo documentary. Apparently, there are all these hobos. And a hobo is different than a bum. A hobo specifically wanted to ride the rails and just kind of like see the countryside. And And apparently, some of these guys when the documentary was filmed in the eighties, we're still doing it when they were like 70 <laughs> years old, he would just kind of jump up. You can still just jump up on freight trains. No one's doing it anymore. I don't know why, but eh, it seems eh, super fun. Yeah. You know, all the, all the, all the good careers disappeared now. Like hobo. It's a good union job to be a <laughs> yeah. hobo. Yeah. But we can't go back. Can we? Nope. No. Cancel culture. The hobos no. have been canceled. <laughs> Wait, Thanks what? a lot. Oh, that's Thanks true. That's how lefties. all that works. Thanks a lot, libtards. <laughs> the hobos got canceled. Oh my god! All right, we got to rank these episodes. Here's the yeah, deal: we've we've there's 295 right. episodes. We have ranked 52 of them. We're gonna rank we two more. Get moving. Yeah. These were tough for me, um, not least of which because I watched one of them three weeks ago before we talked about them, <laughs> and didn't make great notes. But I, I think I ended up in the the same place, which is I like these fine. They were kind of middle of the road for me, and actually ended up a little more toward the bottom of the middle. Um, I hear what you're saying about like planet of evil and the sets and stuff and the atmosphere was fine, but it just wasn't compelling. And in trying to recall the story, like I could barely remember like things about, about the episode. So anyway, I put it, um, right around, actually, it's not too far away from Ark in space. I believe I put it kind of near Ark in space, um, and gridlock actually, which we ranked recently. And, and I put the Lazarus experiment just a couple under it. It was kind of like, I liked it. You know, it wasn't a bad episode. Um, but not great. So it was again kind of middle of the pack. Uh, they have to be like number thirty and number thirty-three uh, uh, in my ranking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I, about I'm, you? I'm pretty close. Um, uh, I have um, a plant. Uh, I have Lazarus experiment a little bit low uh, too. I have that uh, just below Warriors of the Deep uh, and above Creature from the Pit at number forty. I think. Um, uh, I think it's a fine episode. Uh, I just don't. It's just it's just a fine episode right <laughs> it doesn't do much it's just like okay um it is it is sort of that uh, and i think we'll see we see this in in the new series and and i think we'll sort of continue to see it is right around the middle of the season there's got to be an episode that kind of 
kicks kicks off the arc plot or or brings the arc to the fore, right? And here we okay. have it with the Mr. Saxon thing. And so you got to have some, you got to put that a right. piece of it and you got to have something around it. Um, and it ends up being kind of a like, okay, yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and then obviously, you know, dripping with gayness. Uh, <laughs> so, so does he uh, come back? Not this character, but does Mark Gatiss come yes, back? Yes. Um, so he and, and Stephen Moffat, end up becoming very close writing partners right oh. so they uh he wrote co-wrote sherlock with stephen moffat uh co-wrote the dracula thing that's that i think was just on um and uh um i was working on some other stuff with him so uh they're very close friends uh and uh and so he co-wrote or he wrote several episodes through uh matt smith and peter capaldi um and then uh does up here um one more time uh he also plays in the big finish audios he plays uh an alternate alternate universe master um uh and he's pretty good as that um and uh yeah but he's 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 one of those uber fans he's been around he's he wrote uh novels in the 90s and and some of the uh, big finish audios and stuff so yeah he's He's around, but yeah, he comes back and, and he does. He he comes back and he gets a better, I think, a better part uh, to play <laughs> in a future one. Um, so yeah, that's the last experiment. Um, Planet of Evil, I put a little bit higher. I've got that at number thirty-one. Uh, I've got it grouped with Hand of Fear and Face of Evil. It is all they're all in that category. It's very much of its time. Uh, it just feels like Hand of Fear and Face of Evil to me. Certainly, it feels a lot like Face of Evil, right? So it's set in the far future and this, you know, weird planet and uh, and people on a spaceship and uh, uh, doing stuff. Uh, you know, doing so that's, that's my analysis. Uh, that was my graduate paper. Yeah, it's got some people on a spaceship doing stuff. That's a great genre, the people yeah. doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because the people doing nothing genre is terrible. <laughs> it's just, it's just not good. Well, I would I have some exciting news about this ranking. Uh, yeah. I put it in the old uh, algorithm here, the, the NTP algorithm, the black box. Yeah. And um, this, I think, is the first time in at this at the moment of ranking that we ranked something exactly the same. Whoa. So we both ranked. Um, <laughs> no, I immediately forgot. No, I had it highlighted. No, it. We both ranked uh planet the of planet of evil at 31 at 31 wow That's and, and you're right we ranked uh lazarus experiment similarly too yeah, but we yeah, were yeah. the only other two episodes we have ranked the same is we both have edge of destruction with a bullet at the bottom <laughs> number Ooh. 52 and we both have fear her at 51 and then uh this will not surprise you but the the episode that we disagreed the most on we have we have several that were pretty way off on was um the curse of fenric which was an early episode that uh, we just yeah. have continued to completely disagree on but i'll have to rewatch it so i think that one should be a late or after we launch our patreon and people support us and have right. us do a- extra episodes yeah. we're going to do a rewatch an in-person rewatch maybe at the new house yeah. of curse of fenric mm. so that you can like there's a, there's a, they've edited it together into oh a great yeah, and so but what i really want is i want you to like do commentary throughout it and like make me like it like <laughs> just like do no, everything you just slamming your head into the coffee table like this this right here yeah yeah i like that um well you know so people can see our rankings they can see the total rankings and everything else on um on no not the mind probe that's not the no it's mind probe this is the long night probers um mind <laughs> probe. trying to record this one for two weeks folks and we're just yeah. we're busy people uh, mindprobe.show boy i don't have okay yeah uh okay right. they can see the rankings they can see what we're going to be watching next um they can see great notes on the episodes for mr john grant and of course most importantly uh, they can subscribe to the podcast which john it's just so easy it's yeah. just so easy to subscribe well, and and um mm-hmm. uh people are tweeting at us uh, oh, we've had yes, a tweet. yes. Oh, yeah. the internet is aflame with oh, mind probe uh, Paul, thanks to Paul who tweeted to us. Uh, did he did not, of course, use the correct hashtag, however. So we are oh, not no. going to reply to Paul. Um, yeah, I couldn't reply to him, um, but he did tweet at me. Uh, Twitter's not allowing me to pull up the tweet, probably because it used the incorrect hashtag. Yeah, Twitter's uh, like, no, no dice. It's just too bad because, um, I mean, I really appreciate Paul tweeting at me. Um, and he he used a he did use Pratt Pratt Pratt, but I yeah. think he hashtagged Pratt yeah. instead of Oh yeah. Pratt. Okay. Well still I think you know if you that now Chris Pratt knows 
people it's Pratt adjacent. He knows people are talking about him, uh, which could could pique his interest. And then he hashtag Doctor Who, which so that's the thing. There's so many people probably on that hashtag hanger, a bunch of unsavory characters, you know, and just, uh, you know, you really need to put the hashtag. Hey, and, and not the hashtag, the hashtag. All right. That's it's a German hashtag. <laughs> German. To, it's got an umlaut. It's a pound it's sign with an umlaut. <laughs> and it's hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. No, not the mind. Nein, nein, nicht die Mindprobe. It's nicht die Mindprobe. Yeah, that's that's what you got to use. So anyway, Paul, here's what I have to say for for uh, Paul Ginsburg. Um, I, I should say his handle here. Naturally, Paul um, at naturally Paul. Good first tweet. Yeah. Good try. We're not going to mention it on the show, um, but maybe if you do better tweets next time, or if someone else can really get the hashtag hashtag right. <laughs> Yeah, our German <laughs> audiences are probably really going for it. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. Uh, and then we should also mention our, our friend John. Uh, we have a friend John. Uh, he did not bother to tweet at us, but he, he texted us. Um, oh, yes. Uh, because he knows us. Now, Paul has, Paul knows me, of course. Paul has, that, that, has, you're talking about Johnny Marnell. Yeah, Johnny Marnell. Um, hi to him. Johnny listened to a show. Uh, he hasn't gone back and started from the beginning, so he's way lost. He probably isn't going to listen to this one, but we'll throw his name into that. But he has immense power because he, he works at Spotify, so he yeah. could sort of like make – he could make or break us. I mean, really, this episode – and so I hope he didn't listen to this episode maybe because that, that would end up breaking us. We'll end up being broken. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. I just have to say I, I did not actually watch the interview or care that much about it. But um, Megan and Harry, uh, they got like some $13 million deal yeah. for podcasting on Spotify. Oh, really? It's for podcasting. insane. Or I don't know if they're supposed to recruit um, podcasters or if they're supposed to just hit subscribe a lot. Like, if oh, so, maybe they could subscribe yeah, to us. Does. But I was just like, what are can't we get like a hundred bucks? Like, I mean, if they're, you know, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like then Michelle Obama, she, they're podcasting too, or something or doing stuff about pods. I don't know. It's a lot. It's now what's the through line. I mean, man, they're both really famous, accomplished yeah. people. Yeah. That, that can't be it. It must be something else. I don't know. what uh, it is. Yeah. So just this week, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, tweet at, uh, Prince Harry. I guess he's not a prince anymore. Tweet at commoner Harry, common, common Harry. <laughs> I don't know what his, his old Twitter handle is, but tweet at him and tell him, listen to No Not the Mind Pro, spread some of that Spotify money around, and I'll tell John Grant whatever it is you want to tell me. And you know, I have to say, um, I'm really circling around changing the host and having us have email accounts. And that's going to be really exciting because yeah. what it's going to be is John at mindprobe.show and Porter at mindprobe.show. Those did not exist. So don't write to them now. Yeah. You could practice writing to them, like get them in your address book <laughs> and stuff like that, but they don't exist. So don't write totally. to them. You have to. We are, I think I think it will be a real treat uh, on our 250th podcast mm-hmm. when we make that when we make that change. <laughs> People are going to be like, hey, big 250. Yeah. Well, actually, if we hit 100 podcasts, I guess we get syndicated, right? So we, we just have to get, what, 51, 49 more? How many are we at? 51? Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean so they'll play us after Wheel of Fortune and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know we get oh, syndicated. Oh, that'd be great. Hey, well, what shows are we watching next week, John? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're going to keep watching Doctor Who, um, okay. even okay. though we're going to talk about a lot of other stuff. Uh, okay. Next week, um, so next week we're going to, we're watching uh, 42 uh, which is an exciting uh, Tense Dr. Martha story that takes place in real time. It's their, mm. it's their version of 24, uh, sort of. Um, and then um, because I matched it up when I was sort of half remembered these stories, um, I, I paired it up with the keys of Marinus. Um, they're both stories, the loose leaking theme is sort of quests or, or you know, a series of adventures. Uh, but as I as I mm, reviewed right. them, it's it's pretty loose. But they're folks, pretty different, folks. It's it's gonna get that way. So, uh, but yes, uh, we go back to that first season, that magical wow. first season, uh, and uh, and the first Doctor Barbara, Ian, and Susan for the. That keys means it's time Marinus. again for old man Doctor, <laughs> that old man Doctor, even on a boat. <laughs> uh, he's so old. That so guy's old. so old. Yeah. Well, anyway, John, uh, yeah. look. So uh, people watch those and, and get back to us. 
watch those. <laughs> Be back here next week, yeah. Saturday afternoon. And then actually, here's a poll for all our listeners. We release these Saturday afternoon. Um, but again, I think I think we should get in on that weekday action, release the podcast during a weekday. So I'm considering maybe this week, maybe we delay this one. We release it on Monday Ooh. or something like that instead. And then from there on out, we stay on Mondays. What do you think, John? No, I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, so um, uh, so I know that um, uh, my dad wrote a porno, which is an excellent podcast. And I'm going to mention them here so that they'll mention us on their podcast. Um, they they do theirs on Mondays. Um, so we should just ride that coattail. No, um, uh, they call Monday porno day. So we could call Monday prober day. Okay. Right. And, and that could be the hashtag, hashtag prober day, probe day, um, you know, get into the probe day spirit. Um, and just by calling it that, just by walking yeah. around my house doing that, that will somehow happy probe day, everybody. How would this, how's this going to help? Yeah. You know, um, well, I'm going to put, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it up in my AOL instant messenger away message. Oh, good, uh, good. A link to a link to the website. So I'm going to be like, hey, happy probe day, everybody. Here's a quote from Calvin and Hobbes and a link to mindprobe.show. Um, no one's used AOL Instant Messenger for a while. I think it actually got shut down, but I still use my way messages. <laughs> wow. I mean, John, you're a savvy marketer. And you know what? The times haven't passed you by. You're just <laughs> right hey, on top of things. To, to be fair, uh, for 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 you know the probe probe listeners, uh, Porter, I believe, is the one who gave me my AOL Instant Messenger screen name back in college. I was Captain Khaki. I think that was you. I gave that. Oh, I really? Think it was. Yeah, because I we uh, they, so uh, I was I always wore khaki pants because they're more. Yeah, that was like jeans. your very sort of bland thing yeah i, I really <laughs> wanted, I was like that was I your thing that. it was like well everyone wears khaki <laughs> pants to some extent i guess but that was yeah, your but thing. i always wore them yeah yeah that's right jeans even were like the, the devil's the devil's pantaloons even to showers yeah. yeah well yeah i mean uh my AOL screen name was not as exciting it was like porter hm3 I'm, yeah. I'm the third i'm yeah i'm yeah. porter h mason the third yeah, but we always knew who you were but um, yeah, away messages were they, they, those were the original status messages. Some people at college were really into that, um, like changing it and having it really, yeah. you know, kind of use it as a little initial Facebook. We we guys, we're so old. We're pre Facebook. We were well pre Facebook. Yeah, I had a friendship profile. Oh yeah, definitely. I probably definitely. still do because I think everyone just. We all get together and agreed, like on a Saturday, we're like, we're just going to stop using friends. And like the entire <laughs> world just stopped using it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we, you know what? And we're about to move on from Facebook. And you know what? There'll be something else next, John. And you know what I say to that? I say, here's to the future. Here it is. <laughs>